Pediatric Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of the SNAP Podcast. Today, we'll have Debbie Anderson on to tell us all about the Academic and Clinical Educator Special Interest Group. So Debbie started out as an entry-level bachelor's physical therapist and went straight into pediatrics 34 years ago. During her time as a clinician, she worked in outpatient rehab, early intervention, and school-based pediatric physical therapy. The last 14 years of her career, she spent in academics as the associate program director and now the program director at Midwestern University. Throughout her time in working in pediatrics, Debbie has always stayed a part of APPT and joined the academic and clinical educator SIG once she joined into academics. From there, she got involved and is now the chair of the Academic Clinical Educator SIG. So without further ado, let's hear what Debbie has to say about the Academic and Clinical Educator SIG. So hi, everybody. We're on the line with Debbie Anderson. And Debbie, tell me a little bit about what the current Academic and Educators SIG goals are and what they um, plan to do in the future. Great. Sounds wonderful, Natalie. So our overarching goal of the ASIG is really to enhance the educational pathways to practice in in pediatric physical therapy. So what we're really looking at is we're looking at establishing collaborative relationships with other stakeholders in PT education, because there's a lot going on in PT education at this point in time. We're also looking to improve the quality and consistency of pediatric physical therapy education. And we're also looking to build capacity and to improve the skills and knowledge and abilities of those who choose to teach pediatric physical therapy to help prepare our future pediatric physical therapists. So those are three kind of overarching goals. And within those goals, we have been doing several things. As far as um, collaborative relationships, so one of our members of the ASIG, Jen Furs, is actually our liaison between the ASIG and the ELP, which is the Educational Leadership Partnership. And the Educational Leadership Partnership is really the combined efforts of of three major groups within the American Physical Therapy Association. So you have the APTA leadership, and then you have ACAFT, which is the American Council of Academic Physical Therapy. And they're the group that guides and facilitates change within PT education. And they're a a part of the APTA, but they hold their own leadership structure. And then there's the Academy of Physical Therapy Education, which is another equivalent area, just like the Academy of Pediatric PT, except that it focuses uniquely on the needs of PT education. So those three kind of arms, as you may call them, the APTA, ACAPT, and the Academy of PT Education, all work together and have um, representatives that make up this ELP, or the Educational Leadership Partnership. So in order for us as pediatric physical therapists and pediatric physical therapy 
educators, we needed someone that was in the academy to be our liaison to what's going on in the broader essence of PT education, that certainly we could have a voice as pediatric educators, but also that we can then bridge some of those initiatives. That is so cool because I know um, we had one semester class in pediatric and in my specific program, we didn't have any professors who would practice in peds, um, but then other schools do have professors who have practiced in pediatrics or um, have their own version of a semester course or even offer pediatrics as an elective. I think it's such important work that you're doing um, in order to stabilize the education across the board. Well, it's so interesting that you talked about that variability, Natalie, because um, our second goal is to improve the quality and consistency of pediatric physical education. And one of the initiatives over the last year was that the ACIG, as part of the Academy of Pediatric PT, supported the development of a, a type of systematic review called a scoping review that really looked at and analyzed all the literature over the past 25 years regarding education for pediatric physical therapy. And actually that scoping review was published at the beginning of 2019 in the Pediatric Physical Therapy Journal. And certainly what it showed us was there is a lot of variability in what different DPT programs were teaching in regards to pediatric physical therapy. And so it sets the stage for some other research in pediatric physical therapy education. So we can have all this variability, but what are the key components of programs that really speak to excellence in those programs that really help to prepare all of our students to treat children and work with their families? So that's kind of been a, a big thing. Yeah, definitely. The second thing that the ASIG has been very proud to be a part of this year was a subcommittee was formed in the ASIG that established a clinical instructor toolkit. This committee did a tremendous amount of work over the last couple of years, putting together a product where clinical instructors for uh, students who are doing pediatric clinical education experiences can pull resources to help their students learn, to look at their clinical reasoning, to write appropriate educational goals, etc. in all the various types of settings where pediatric PTs are. And it's a great resource that when it goes live and we're getting closer to that, will be really a supportive tool for the clinical instructors. So we are really excited That's about That's awesome. That. that would have been super helpful to have as a student this past spring. Yeah. And I bet your clinical instructor would have loved that as well. Definitely. So the third thing the ASIG is working on is um, we just rolled out uh, a committee, a group of experts in the area of education put together a new pediatric faculty workshop. So the purpose of that is so many faculty come into the academic setting and they are experts in their fields, but they don't have that educational background. So the ASIG uh, promoted the development and the dissemination of this workshop that now has been put on twice at our major conferences to really help pediatric academic faculty to have the resources they need to build on their educational knowledge 
to better teach in the academic environment. And then we're also looking at building more research. The ASIG has done a great job of facilitating the development of educational research. Um, they've done a lot of posters and platform presentations, as well as disseminated peer review articles. There was a special edition of educational pediatric research that came out in the Journal of PT Education a couple of years ago. I think it came out between 217 and 218. And the purpose of that was, again, to really look at how we're teaching our students, how are we training the next wave of pediatric physical therapists. So the ASIG is, is involved in a lot of things, and it's kind of a very exciting time for this component of the Academy of Pediatric PT because we continue to make a way forward and help be a resource for people that want to be clinical instructors, for those that are clinical instructors, for people that are interested in joining the academy at some point versus um, being a clinician. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities that that people have once they graduate from PT school, and you're not always aware of those right as you come out as a graduate. I'm so glad you said that because as a PT, there are so many avenues you can take besides going straight into clinical work, which includes being a CI or an educator. And that fact, I believe, is very important for our listeners and especially our new students to hear. And so they know going through their three-year program that um, there's more choices for them coming out of school. Well, and I think that's what keeps people excited about their career path is to know that there are different things that they can do. And certainly pediatric PT, right? We have all kinds of settings. Yeah. And even further, we have um, interest specializations. So whether you're more interested in sports or NICU or um, even teaching there's different avenues such as continuing education courses versus a clinical educator versus being a full or part-time professor at a university. Um, and that's, that's a big reason why we're doing this podcast series um, is so that our listeners can learn about these special interest groups they may not have heard about before or known about what they do before. And I was wondering, um, within the ASIC, you know, do you... Um, in order to join, do we have to already be a clinical instructor or an educator, or do you take students and help with volunteer work? Um, what are primarily your members? So, no, you do not have to already be a clinical instructor, and no, you don't have to be an educator already. Our members are just made up of people that are interested in those avenues of PT and want to explore those. We certainly welcome students to join our SIG and to participate in whatever our events that we're having. You know, if people want to volunteer, you know, kind of the, the biggest volunteer opportunities we have as far as the ASIG happen at our conferences, either the Academy of Pediatric Annual Conference, which is normally in November. At that conference, the ASIG sponsors several educational sessions. And during those educational sessions, we're always looking for people to introduce the speaker, to be a room moderator, maybe to even staff the Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy booth in case people have questions about the ASIG. 
So there are certainly opportunities out there for people to volunteer. And if they're interested in volunteering, they can just send me an email. My email address is on the Academy of Pediatric PT webpage under uh, leadership of the SIGs. You'll see my name and email. And then you can just reach out to me and I'll be happy to forward any um, opportunities that we have for volunteer in the near future. You are awesome. You just took my next question to who we should reach out to. And uh, we will put a link um, with that webpage for the SIG and your email in the show notes so that if anybody wants to reach out and is interested in volunteering or joining, they have easy access to um, getting a hold of you. That would be perfect. Perfect. Um, and then we know that the APPT is going through um, some restructuring currently. And we were wondering how um, the ASIG, if they will also be restru- restructuring kind of their um, hierarchy or how they run, or um, I don't know if you are able to tell us anything yet, but we're wondering how that restructuring is going to affect the ASIG. Sure. Yeah, so the restructuring itself won't affect the ASIG leadership or structure at all. What the restructuring is actually going to be helpful in the fact that there is a new director for academic and clinical education. It is Jen Furs, so we're really happy to have her as part of the new board of the APPT. And what her role will do then is she will have oversight and be the liaison between the ASIG and the APPT Board of Directors. So her and I will be working closely together um, to communicate our thoughts, our initiatives, the things that we are doing as part of the ASIG. Jen will be the the person that takes that information back to the Board of Directors. And then of course shares what's going on in the APPT leadership with me so that our ASIG members are aware of what's going on as well. Um, And you mentioned events in the different conferences, and we know that we have CSM coming up in February. And so will you guys have any events as a SIG at CSM? We do. So on Friday of CSM, so that is February 14th, happy Valentine's Day, I believe. Um, we will be having an all SIG meeting at 6.30 a.m. So we have a lot of meetings early in the morning, but that will be a really beneficial meeting because all the SIG chairs will be getting together and talking about what's going on in the different SIGs. And I really like this format this year. It's different than normal because people are frequently part of several different SIGs. You know, I myself am not just a member of the ASIG, but I'm also a member of the Early Intervention SIG. I'm also a member of the Sports and Fitness SIG. So this is an opportunity for those people like myself that are members of multiple SIGs to actually see and hear what's going on in the various SIGs and to get excited about the changes and opportunities that are available for um, volunteerism, as well as resources for the members. That is so cool, with, especially um, since it breeds collaboration between the SIGs. 
Yeah, that's really true. Does the academic and clinical educator SIG have any events coming up, such as a meeting that um, our listeners can log on to or any global volunteer opportunities coming up? We don't actually have anything right now, but after we get past CSM, there will be opportunities for that. So if people are interested in volunteering, again, they should reach out to me, send me an email, and I will keep their contact information so as soon as we're ready to Perfect. send links for volunteer sign up, I will be able and to get that information to them. And then our final question, um, do you have any resources that you would suggest to um, students or new professionals if they're interested in um, going into education and academics within physical therapy? Absolutely. You know, I can't say enough about how important it is to become a member of the American Physical Therapy Association. Being a member of the American Physical Therapy Association affords you an opportunity to join the academies. And so the Academy of Physical Therapy Education, as well as the Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy, both have a tremendous amount of resources, including the journals that go to both of those sections, one on specifically education. And then of course, Pediatric PT Journal has not only information about pediatric physical therapy education, but it also has a lot of clinical-based research, case studies, et cetera. But even more than that, there are links to some really important documents. Those documents out the five essential core competencies that all pediatric physical therapists should have. And it really kind of guides both students and new grads to the body of knowledge that they will be held responsible for as a treating clinician and certainly someone who is going into education that really needs to <clears throat> teach within and about those core competencies. And finally, the Academy of Pediatric PT does just an excellent job being fact sheets about laws, about diagnoses, about um, reimbursement, you name it. That is so cool. And we'll make sure to link all these different web pages that you just talked about um, in the show notes so that once again, our listeners can have easy access to go and explore the um, comp core competencies and the fact sheets and everything that they'll have at their fingertips. Um, I totally agree that the APTA membership is so worth it. I'm glad that you uh, kind of drove that home too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can see that I'm an advocate and I have been a member for, like I said, 34 years. That so, is amazing. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's a long time. And I've certainly benefited from all the resources well, Debbie, thank you so, so much for being on this phone call with me today and um, telling our listeners a little bit about ASIG and how they can get involved. Um, do you have any last words or final uh, advice or anything like that for our listeners? Well, I hope to see you all at the combined section meeting in Denver in February. It's going to be just a fantastic time. I was looking over the programming today. And there are so many programs for 
pediatric PTs, clinicians, educators, both. And that's why I love it. Well, I'm definitely going to CSM this year. So you'll see me there. And I hope to see you there. Terrific. So there you have it. For all of you interested in going into the academic or education side of pediatric PT, reach out to Debbie to start getting involved and be sure to attend their meeting at CSM. For more information about this special interest group, contact information for Debbie, or links to all the resources that were mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out our show notes below. And like always, if you had fun, make sure you hit subscribe and leave a review. Till next time, friends. 